0: Please sit comfortably everyone. So good evening. Um, Just to follow on from my um, brief words during meditation tonight about not fighting drowsiness, I'd like to talk about that just a little bit more from a a Zen perspective. And I'd like to begin by using a haiku again from Robert Aitken's book, um, A Zen Wave, Basho's Haiku and Zen. Um, in a chapter titled The Cricket, he translates um, a haiku of basho, The Cricket chirps in a forgetful way. This kotatsu... Now, a kotatsu in Japanese, you may know or not, is uh, but you've probably seen them if you've been to a Japanese restaurant. There are um, a square hole in the floor that's got a brazier in there, a, a you know coal fire, and it's got a skirt around the table. And in traditional Japanese culture, that's the place where people would go to on a cold night and the family would sit around with their feet down there getting warm in the kotatsu and they'd all be warm around the table and gathered around the table. And it was a very um, homely time, Do you know, sort of uh, people would, would um, gather at the Kotatsu to, to just chat about the day, you know, and and uh, relax and so on, and so when the term kotatsu um, is used in um, Japanese poetry, it evokes a sense of um, contentment, homeliness, drowsiness at the end of the day, and so. The poem is, The Cricket Chirps in a Forgetful Way is Kotatsu. Kind of conjures up this atmosphere of just a a warm, cosy, drowsy, end of the day experience. And and the poet just hearing the sound of the chirp uh, in the background, Uh which deepens the silence. And um, to segue that into Zen practice, in Zen art, you often find various paintings of uh, a Zen a Zen master asleep, do you know, dozing, do you know, or a Zen a Zen teacher asleep on top of the line. you know. And there is a story of uh, Rinzai when he was a young monk, and. Uh, and the, the head monk came down the line with, the, with the, um, the stick, you know, the waking stick, you know, to hit anyone who was, who was um, dozing or falling off to sleep. And he shouts out, you know, wake up, whatever. And Rinzai's just dozing off, you know, and the, the head monk says, you know, wake up. And he kind of just looks up at him and then dozes off again, you know. Whereas the head monk goes, Ooh. you know, like this, and tries to do all his best to be a good monk. Um, it, that story is evoking this importance of um, non-striving in Zen, and Rinzai is kind of manifesting this non-striving. He's falling asleep, he's drowsy, and he's not, he's not trying to become enlightened. You know, he's just being this human condition of being drowsy and sleepy and not trying to get anywhere. mm mm-hmm. And um, we we can certainly, as ambitious Zen students, um, fall into the trap of trying too hard. Right? It's kind of like it's ambition behind it to become pure, you know, to to have this sort of experience of pure white, in a sense. Um, but you never get to pure white, or you might you might experience for a glimpse. But the nature of life is that it's it's kind of murky and muddy. And so uh, another metaphor for, for realisation in the way is the hazy moon of enlightenment. It's not like just a pure, full moon shining in the empty sky. It's actually shining through the hazy moon. It's not a pure light. And um, that, that is more the experience of being a human being, like an awake human being. Um, is to embrace that that humanness, that that condition that we have, and so there is a the problem of trying too hard. But in a sense, not to practice is to not try at all, you know. And you can there's a similarity here in Zen practice and in spiritual awakening to the creative process itself, and as it's been written about the creative process by many different people, you can't try to be creative. right? And even if you try not to try, you're still trying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like we've got to give up trying to be creative. Um, try, cre- creative work doesn't come out of a trying experience. However, um, my own experience when I do creative writing um, or play music or whatever, and it's the experience of many people who are involved in, in creative arts, is nevertheless, you've got to do something similar to Zazen. You've got to be alone often, you've got to be quiet, and you've got to be focused, and you kind of need to be a little bit dreamy at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's a, a non-striving, contented mind And then a thought pops up, you know, and so you put words to the thought or whatever. Um, But Dharma practice is just like that creative process. You get in the way if you are trying too hard. It's okay to to embrace that kind of dreamy, sleepy, contented kind of experience when it's there. Um, At least it's a quiet mind. I remember when um, I used to go over, we used to go over, over together to, um, to do session with Joko on a yearly basis. And, um, you know, it's a long flight over there, about 15 hours, and you get off the plane and the next morning you're in, you're in session facing a wall and you're jet-lagged, you know, um, for the next three days, you know. Um, and, but the experience, I remember of going into Joko and talking to her about that experience, I said, I'm, I'm jet-lagged, you know, but that's kind of like, it, it's okay. I'm, I'm, my mind's so tired, I can't think. You know, it's not as though there was a lot of lot of activity and a lot of thinking, it was just too tired to think. And so you just embrace that kind of experience and it's kind of close to, um, to what meditation is about. Um, so you certainly need to practice and there's certainly not a, a lot of rigour needs to go into aspiring to touching that, that pure white, mm-hmm. that clarity, kind of knowing that you're never going to, we are never going to stay there in, in the first place. So we kind of work with a paradox in, in Zen practice, and it's really the same paradox as in, is embedded in the great vows for all. So the many beings are numberless, I vow to end their suffering. Greed, hatred and ignorance rise endlessly. They rise endlessly. They never, never stops coming. I vow to abandon them. So that's the paradox. It's like it's an impossible task, but I keep turning up to that impossible task. Mm-hmm. And when you get that, when you kind of live out that paradox, um, then there's this kind of balance of not giving up, just not leading a mindless kind of life, but not scrambling towards some kind of ambitious goal at the same time, and that—that is—that is, that is the the mind to be cultivated. Which, to bring it full circle, is captured in that that poem again, by um, by Basho. Which I repeat again, which is. Um, I've lost it. <laughs> there you go. I've lost it. I can't find it. <laughs> but anyway, it was about a cicada, Do you know, chirping um, in the night around the kotatsu, around this sort of cosy, kind of dreamy environment. It's the kind of mind we want to, to cultivate in Zen practice.